and welcome back to Recruitment News Australia. This is Ross with Adele, Adele <laughs> and we're here just um, recuperating after day two of the RCSA Shape Conference on Hamilton Island, 31st of August, 2023. So, how are you feeling, Adele, after, yeah, to, after big, today? It's been a big couple of days, uh, you know, lots of lots of content shared and lots of really interesting speakers and stories and so we did that summary yesterday we wanted to just bring you a quick summary of day two yeah so let's start with the opening speaker today dr Gemma king and dr king was speaking on resilient leadership dr king has a phd in human behavior and her topic was uh helping us understand the way in which what we eat and the way we move and how we sleep impacts the decisions that we make, the stress that we're under, and helping us understand how we go dumb under stress and how others go dumb under stress and what we can do about it. So Adele, what did you take from Dr. King's presentation? Well, this one's really highly relevant for the recruitment industry because it's obviously a really stressful job and there are times when it's, it's stressful for an extended period as well. I really liked her honesty. I felt like she broke the science elements down into lay terms, which are really easy to understand and digest. She showed information and slides that, you know, explains, said the science, but then might help us understand, you know, the stress to our body and what it's doing and what happens over a long period of time. So I found it really interesting uh, to, to hear, but I also um, personally felt a little validated because I have been sharing some of this information myself in my own course around techniques around breathing and ways to control your body in stressful situations. So that was good for me. The core metaphor uh, that she used to help us understand why we act the way we act is homo sapiens if you use the analogous 24-hour clock in terms of the total existence of homo sapiens and the last 100 years represents four seconds on the 24-hour clock what that means is that our evolutionary brain is still wired to the caveman times it's desperately trying to catch up on processing all of the things that modern life throws at us. New tech, litigious society, public scrutiny and transparency, um, com the complexity of very many different interpersonal relationships. And because we've still got this, let's call it our lizard uh, brain, <laughs> that it goes into amygdala hijack and our brain stops working in the way that it should. And so what are some of the things Dr. King shared with us about how to recognise this amygdala hijack? And uh, as I read the list out, I'm sure it'll be familiar. Uh, we can't learn or process information. It's hard to access our working memory. We've got poor decision-making capabilities or we make decisions based on our emotions. We become uh, closed-minded problem-oriented rather than solutions-oriented, there's low trust, we become selfish, and we have a loss of perspective. And all of those things are predictable. And then Dr. King went into 
how we can manage ourselves so the amygdala hijack does not cause us a disservice, does not cause us to um, not function at a critical moment. And as you said, breathing is a critical one of those things, learning how to sort of reset your breathing. I really like the way she brought this into relevancy around psychological safety as well and how that applies in the workplace, how leaders need to lead from the top down around managing that in the workplace and managing stress and those things. So it was a really um, informative presentation. And just to sort of finish off with that about psychological safety, in, in very simple terms, psychological safety is there's a high level of trust inside a team and you experience being in the in-group, like there's no out-group as such rather than organisational cultures where it's quite fractured and there's clearly the in-group and the out-group. Because if you're not in the in-group, it's very hard to focus and concentrate and do high-quality work because your brain is reminding you that you're in the out-group and is trying to help you find a way to get into the in-group. And all of that is very unhelpful for your doing in, in terms of doing your job. All right. And the next presentation was from Zebra, one of the sponsors, and they had a client of theirs, Sue Healy. Sue's a very well-known recruitment leader in the industry. She's owned and run several very successful recruitment businesses. And this presentation was titled AI and Aliens, talking about the, you know, I guess, uh, crossover between where, you know, tech and uh, efficiency work in business. So it was a you know, it was an interesting presentation to hear what Sue's doing with uh, some of the tech in her business and the growth that they've seen. I fortunately felt like this was a little bit of a sales pitch, a little too salesy for me, um, and it seemed to jump around a little bit. I was a little bit lost as to what the exact message of that one was. Yeah, I think I agree in the sort of theme, although it was very closely tied to some of the points that Simon Lusted made yesterday in his presentation it just got a little bit lost along the way however the thing that i really took out of it was sue uh talking about in her business having a program manager or a transformation manager certainly in recruitment agencies the role of operations manager would be familiar to many people but that is not the same as a transformation manager someone who is charged with and continuously concerned with the um <clears throat> ongoing improvement inside a business and ensuring that whatever investments are made in tech or anything else to improve performance, that they actually translate to performance. And I think Sue, again, proving that she's ahead of the curve mm -hmm. using um, uh, a person in such a role. And I suspect there are some owners in the business who have got businesses of a much larger size than Sue's, I suspect, took notice when Sue mentioned that. Yeah, and of course, smaller businesses may not have a dedicated resource or the ability to have a dedicated resource, but maybe it's just somebody with their eyes on that function, somebody having that as you know, a champion mm. for that side. Oh, and just one other thing to say is that Sue did make, I thought, a really important point. I hadn't quite thought about it before, but she said there's 25 different pieces of tech inside her business. She's not trying to nor has tried to create one sort of platform that'll work across the four different delivery models she's very conscious that 
if it means there's more tech because there's some piece of tech that's better for one part of her business than another, then she'll always think about the outcome for that business, not think about, oh, we should have uh, fewer different pieces of tech. She's always thinking about the outcome, which I think can certainly get lost in uh, companies attempting to be rational or rationalise um, the tech, the number of tech vendors. Okay, and then we had uh, Ben Darwin with us. Is that right? Uh, we had James's panel. Oh, we had an um, expert bar in the midst there with yes. James. Uh, James Wickham. So I so owe James an apology because I said in yesterday's <laughs> summary that you know, there should have been a deep dive into something like remote work. But of course, if I paid attention to the uh, agenda of day two, I would have noticed that it was already scheduled. So sorry, James. Um, I was, uh, yeah, left a little red face there. So anyway, that's what was discussed with uh, Aquent Work Pack and Alliance Australia. Um, and quite different because Monique at Aquent said they're now 100% remote. Hamish at Work Pack said basically everyone's back in the office with some exceptions. And James had a, I suppose you should say, more a hybrid model. And the overall summary would be horses for courses. Like, there is no right way to do hybrid work. You've got to look at your own organisational culture and you've got to look at, um, although listening to your staff, being more concerned about the outcomes for customers and making decisions accordingly. Anything else from that? Okay, then we went to Ben Darwin. Now, Ben Darwin is a former Wallaby. That's, for those of you who don't know, that's an Australian rugby union player, um, played for the national team. He then became a coach in rugby and then an analyst. And his topic was understanding um, the impact of talent acquisition and what actually leads to high performance. And to summarize, I mean, there was so much great stuff. Like, I could not take notes fast enough <laughs> in terms of this presentation. And, like, literally every slide there was gold. And I suppose to summarize, what's most important isn't the skill of the individuals in a team, it's the cohesion of the team. And by cohesion, he means that individual. Um, members of the team know their roles, they know how to execute their roles, and just as importantly, they know how their roles fit into the team context and how that means they need to interact with other team members. Yeah, what did you take from I thought, from I thought he was a highlight of, uh, today. I thought he was a highlight speaker and... It was really interesting to me being, I guess, a non-sporting person and finding his presentation so interesting because he was making those correlations between high-performing sports teams and business ones as well, but not in the traditional sense. That's what I really liked about him. He made us, he challenged our thought around it. He was throwing out some concepts that were um, a bit unusual and a bit different to, to hear and like you said, talking about um, that cohesion over skills, I found really interesting. And he used an example, actually, of the mafia. He said the mafia is a really good organised crime, is a really good example of complete cohesion 
Um, but it's not about, the, you know, the culture is obviously terribly flawed, but it works as an organisation because of the cohesion. Obviously, that's not a model to yeah. aspire to, but he was really just challenging us around these ideas that we think that the skills and culture are the be-all and end-all and maybe we need to approach things differently. Well, an- another fantastic sporting metaphor for the point he was making was Iceland famously beat England in the 2016 Euros. That's the soccer championship or football. And Iceland has a population of less than a million people and England has a population of 55, 60 million and has some of the best, highest played soccer players in the world. It's well funded. <laughs> but Iceland, although although their players are professional, but very few of them play in the highest leagues. But the advantage they had was that all of the players had played with each other right through the underage leagues. And so by the time they're adults and they're playing in the Euros, they've got a very, very strong understanding of each other's strengths and weaknesses. They've got um, a great understanding overall as a team. And that was something that enabled them to beat England when, on paper, England basically should have beaten them 10 nil. <laughs> I know you love that one, Russ, always with the sports elements that always appeals. All right. Uh, final few uh, sections we had, we had Clara McCarthy from LinkedIn who talked about recruitment evolution and uh, her presentation was a little bit of statistical data and some advice around how to make sure you can gel the tech with the human elements, which has kind of been a bit of a theme all the way through. Um, One of the interesting stats she shared was that, according to LinkedIn, it's about six and a half months, 6.5 months on average from the time a candidate engages with a job, so they may look at a job or apply for a job, to when they change their LinkedIn profile. So that was interesting. I felt a bit longer than I would have thought, actually. And jobs offering remote uh, work opportunities get two times more applications. I guess that one's not that much of a surprise. But, mm. yeah, her, in, her presentation was very well organised. Slides were good. She spoke really well. I haven't heard her speak. She spoke instead of Guy, who normally speaks. But I uh, mm. really enjoyed her presentation as well. Well, I was across the road seeing Robert Van Stockram. Uh, Robert spoke about the sale of DFP recruitment that he executed with his business partner, Eddie, and the 18-year journey from the purchase of DFP, which was originally called Dorothy Farmer Personnel, a rebranding to DFP recruitment, and then the sale to the Will Group, a Japanese publicly listed company. The main thing I took from uh, Robert's presentation is well there's a couple of things you've always got to be thinking long term in terms of your exit it's never too early to be thinking about your exit strategy uh, and how that's going to occur and one of the things that Robert Nettie did was acquire businesses and he said they looked at 35 different businesses and they acquired eight and what was the critical different what were the differences in terms of the companies they acquired versus those they passed on no surprise Adele leadership Um, lower staff turnover, clear market strengths, empowering leadership, and the owner of the business had been able to um, develop leaders through the business and was a less important person in terms of the day-to-day running of the business. None of that's probably a surprise, but uh, I know even though 
many business owners would understand that in theory. They find it very, very hard to let go. I attended another expert bar with James and he had Nick from Chandler McLeod and Kat from Mayday and Nick P from Buck. They were talking about KPIs and what structures they have in their own businesses. They all talked about having to have changed the KPI structure in the last sort of six to eight months post-COVID. So what they had coming out of COVID has had to evolve even further. There was probably nothing really groundbreaking here. Most organisations, all those three examples, had KPI structures in there. They were calling them targets or goals and um, packaging them up a little differently. Um, The main takeaway, I think, was that they were all focused on quality over quantity. So I think that was probably just the main thing takeaway there. I wasn't in that session. I don't have anything to add. Uh, There was also Bullhorn. Uh, That was a session by Khan Pham, who's a... um, uh, pack director, sales director. He shared some of the statistical data that Bullhorn collects on their surveys. He talked about um, how to, again, kind of integrate your tech better with your customer experience and gave a little bit of advice here and there around what he thought people could be doing at this time to boost sales. And that took us to the final speaker of the day. Yeah, Ronnie Khan, the founder of Oz Harvest. Oz Harvest ensures that food waste or as much food waste as possible goes to uh, hungry people and feeds hungry people. And Ronnie shared her story as a South African growing up in the apartheid era and then moving to Israel when she was 16 and then uh, moving to Australia and how she created the organisation and the, um, the drive that the way in which you built the organisation. So that was the final session and um, very worthy cause and Ronnie's uh, charismatic. I think would have taken what would have taken it to another level for me would be, I suppose, the recruitment nerd in me that she's built this organisation which has more than 300 staff and has got thousands of volunteers. It's like, how has she done that? Like, how has she used social purpose as a way to build that organisation? How does she recruit? How does she ensure that people are joining for the right reasons and they're going to stay? So it was. It just left me feeling like I just got 30% of the story and there was so much more uh, that I would like to have heard from a recruitment point of view. Yeah, I've got two things to say about this. Um, one, I think... Uh, the Ask and Say every year with the conference sets us up for a very high expectation on the last speaker around it being somebody very highly moving, inspirational, um, leaving you with some sort of emotive response. And we felt that yesterday, I think, with Eddie Betts more so, and I didn't have it as much this time with Ronnie, although, as you said, the story is so interesting and what she's doing is amazing, of course. It just didn't have as high an impact, I think, as previous year's final speakers. But, um, you know, it was it was a really interesting story to hear. I also just want to say my final thing about it is I was felt, feeling a little embarrassed, I have to say, Ross. We've been criticising the food at the conference yes. very quite openly, yes. particularly saying the lunches were a little kind of light on. Light on and yes. they told us that at the end that was on purpose because Ronnie was involved in helping the RCSA and Hamilton Island um, functions to make sure that the 
food that was less less food waste. So I will take my foot out of my mouth yes, now me too. and um, <laughs> apologise in that sense. The food was good quality. We Completely, no issue with that. absolutely. It, it just wasn't probably what we expected. But actually, you know what, again, could have been a great opportunity for them to pop some Oz Harvest signs up around the food tables yes, to tell us true. that we're actually all contributing to that for the whole conference. I would have loved that then, actually. Yes, yes, I think that's probably a good idea. All right, well, that's it. We have a street party is it a closing event i'm not sure what it's called yeah. it's just down the road uh so we'll be attending that we will be contemplating what we've experienced the last couple of days and we'll have an, another conversation about the conference there's a couple of things that we haven't talked about in these last couple of uh, sessions or episodes that we'll probably talk a bit more about. So there will be more about the ICSA conference in next week's episode. So until then, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone.